Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. First episode of 2020, welcome to the Sack Lunch Podcast with Matt and Matt. Matt? Hi. My heart has been ripped out. So I should give some context. Matt and I just watched the last uh, five minutes of the Kings versus Pelicans game, which saw the Kings fall to the Pelicans 117 to 115. We are no longer undefeated in... 2020. It was a heartbreaker, too. First loss of the decade. First loss of the decade. Yeah. Man, Bielisa with a miracle four-point play. I couldn't believe that. The four-point play. The free throw. Good job, Billy. And then J.J. Redick. Who looks exactly like you. I don't necessarily see the relevance of that here. But, well, you know. because when I look at you, I see J.J. Redick, and it reminds me of his shot. So, but I'm going to get past it. All right. Or you could do the rest of the podcast with your eyes closed. So, (laughs) good idea. Oh, man. That was a tough way Uh, to, uh, at least we got a win against the Grizzlies to start the year, but we did. um, So, New Year's resolutions, Matt. Yeah. Switching topics a little bit here. Okay. Uh, Per YouGov, that's like Y O U and then gov.com, I want to give you the chalk for popular. New Year's resolutions among Americans who have set them. Lay it on me. All right. Number one, exercising more, 50%. Mm. Okay. Number two, saving money, 49%. Right. That's pretty close right there. And then three and four kind of tie in with number one with the health aspect. Eating more healthily is 43% and then losing weight, 37%. So exercising, saving money, eating mm. more healthily and losing weight. That's the chalk. Those are the popular answers among Americans for New Year's resolutions. So this kind of tells us also what Americans are bad at. Because if this is what they want to change, it means that they've been doing the opposite of this all year. That's true. So it's you're, so what you're saying is that based on these statistics, America is fat and they suck with their money? Yeah. <laughs> we eat too we, we, we eat too much. Eat too much. We eat too much we junk. We don't exercise enough. To paycheck. Yeah. And we're not good with our money. So. Yeah. All right. USA. So what is your New Year's resolution this year, Matt? Um, all four of those things. No. <laughs> <laughs> all four of them? No. Um, I don't think you should lose much weight. Though. No, I'm actually, yeah, I'm very skinny. If I lost weight, that would be um, bad. But um, uh, my resolution, I don't know. I, I kind of just want to be more responsible. I bought a new pair of shoes recently that um, are like grown-up shoes, I guess. They're like those brown kind of casual dress shoes looking things and I'm going to start wearing those every day to work. Oh yeah, I've heard those that referred to uh, or they're from what I've heard referred to as the dad section of Kohl's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I frequent it often. Um, yeah, but I bought some of those. I'm going to ditch the uh, the Vans. I w- I'll wear Vans on Fridays. Um, okay, so I, I don't know. I just, you know, I turned so you've 32 got a, recently. I'm like, yeah, I got to look my age. So you've got a new pair of shoes to to get you started on your goal for 2020 to kind of kick that off and yeah look good feel good you know 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to exercise more. I don't as much as I used to. You know, kids, it's just... Yeah. I mean, there's always excuses, but I need to... I need Have to... you seen those videos of dads, like, doing exercise with their kids? Like, like using their children as the, um, like, almost like a, like, a, like a medicine ball? Yeah, like they do, like, <laughs> no. calisthenics and stuff. No, that just sounds like, funny, um, though. Sit-ups and throw it to your wife, and she does one, she throws the kid back to you, and... There's video. I don't know if you want to try. I'm it or not, down. But. I don't know if Emily would be down for chucking the kid back and forth. Also, have you seen my kid? He can't really be chucked very easily. Well, you're gonna have a six pack by June. Yeah, he that kid's a tank. So, <laughs> um, all right. So those are our New Year's resolutions. Uh, since the last podcast, which was a couple weeks ago, hmm. uh, this is what the Kings have done: lost to the Rockets, lost to the Timberwolves, lost to the Suns, lost to the Nuggets, lost to the Clippers, beat the Grizzlies. Beat Woo. Them. Yeah. Breaking that eight-game losing streak. And then tonight, in dramatic fashion, losing to the New Orleans Pelicans. Man. So where that leaves us is the Kings are currently, after tonight, they are 13-23. and 23, mm-hmm. uh, The 13th seed in the West. But still, still only two and a half games back of the eight seed, who I believe is Portland right now. That's the only thing that's keeping me from driving off a cliff, uh, <laughs> you know, metaphorically. Uh, it's crazy to think. I mean, we, we have a, uh, an awful record, um, but we are still within striking distance. We could have been only one game because the Spurs lost to the Bucks tonight, um, but we didn't you know, beat the Pelicans, whatever. Um, I would feel a little bit better if we were the nine or ten seed and two and a half back, but the fact that we're the 13 and two and a yeah. half back means that there are a lot of teams competing for that spot. Yeah, there's a lot of different... Um, you know, things that can go on. And it only really takes one team to get hot and kind of separate themselves. Maybe we're that team. You know, maybe we get uh, our guys healthy and we we really haven't had our full team together all year. So. We haven't, and we've looked so good in, in games like tonight, but just can't close it out or we'll overcome a big deficit only to fall behind big, only to come back, only to lose at the end. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah, it's frustrating. But if we can start closing out games, you know, yeah. So let's talk about some of the notable things from these past few games. We're not really going to do a deep dive statistically into each game, but Matt and I have kind of come up with some uh, some things that we wanted to point out or that we've noticed the last several games. Um, let's talk about that Grizzlies game because we finally did get a win. We broke that eight-game losing streak. We did. Um, the Kings overcame a 20-point deficit in that game. Um, Why was that looking bad? Yeah. Oh, It was... It was looking like we were on our way to a ninth consecutive loss, and the Kings came back. Um, that second quarter was exciting. Rashawn Holmes just put the team on his back, getting and ones. He scored like 14 points in the quarter. He's been so money, and we're going to talk about him in our next note right after this. But, he, yeah, he had a great quarter and a great game. Yeah. Um, so according to aroyalpain.com, which is a Sacramento Kings website, mm-hmm. uh, before the game— De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald both basically said that they wanted to play a faster pace. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason that this is important is because the Kings were actually fifth in tempo, fifth in the league in tempo last season. Right. Which, you know, I I have to think that there's some correlation between that and the 39 wins that we got, which were the most that the Kings have had since 2006. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that Fox and Buddy recognized that and came out and said something about the tempo. 
Yeah, I mean, even if if you, I went back and watched the second quarter just because it was a fun one, and the difference between that first quarter last night, where we got down by twenty, and the second quarter was night and day. And in the second quarter, I think they said, "Oh yeah, let's pick this thing up and see what happens." And they were running all up and down the court, making things happen. And when they do that, their defense uh, improves because they're just kind of feeling it. The crowds in, into it, they're into it. Um, and yeah, I mean, Luke Luke Walton has mentioned that. Um, yeah, they want to pick up the pace, but first he wants to focus on defense and fundamentals. But then um, the pace never seems to get picked up. Yeah, yeah. At some point, you gotta do a little bit of both. Um, and I don't know how much longer you can wait. I mean, can we? I want to start winning some games, Matt. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. And Fox and Buddy, after saying those comments, after expressing those concerns, mm-hmm. uh, came out and combined for 53 points, 12 assists, 11 rebounds, and five steals. Which all five of those steals were from Deer and Fox. He yeah. was, he was doing everything that game. Fox, had he a was making game. it to the line and making the free throws. Mm-hmm. He was creating shots. He was running the floor. Um, he was going, you know. Um, Tip for tat with with John Morant yeah. late in the game. Um, most of Morant's points came later in the game, but you know that was kind of fun to watch. Actually, like the, I was like, both Fox and Morant are really fast. They are. <laughs> like, yeah. They're both lightning quick. John Morant, my uh, rookie of the year candidate, uh, looking pretty <laughs> had to, good. Had to throw yeah. that in there. Um, did you hear an MVP chance for Sean Holmes <laughs> at the free throw I, line? Yeah, yeah, I, I did hear a couple actually. Maybe um, for our team, MVP for the team. Yeah, Kings MVP. <laughs> uh, although he has clearly been the Kings' best player this season. Yeah. I mean, what a pickup for Sean Holmes has been this year. Yeah, he's, uh, he's averaging 13 uh, points on 66% field goal percentage. That's very good. And even better, 81% from the free throw line. That's crazy. Um, he, that's Yeah, that's great for a center. How uh, many? For, for he, anybody, really. I, I, I want to know how many players on I don't have this stat in front of me but how many players on the Kings are shooting higher than 81.3% from the free throw line like how many players are actually shooting better free throws on the team than Rashawn Holmes not that many I think Buddy Heald's right around there um but yeah uh 8.5 rebounds for Holmes an assist a steal and a a block and a half and only 1.2 turnovers per game so I mean Holmes is is great Uh, yeah and efficiency is the He's the definition of efficiency. When you look at his percentages, 67% almost from the field, 81% yeah. from the line, only just over a turnover per game. Um, you know, like It's weird to say, but it seems like we almost play better without Bagley. Not because Bagley's bad. I mean, I know he, he's got some work to do, and he hasn't played a whole lot this year, so of course he's going to be rusty. But this, when Bagley's off the floor, Holmes plays more, and Holmes is really good. Right. I would say that Marvin Bagley is probably more athletic than Rashawn Holmes, Mm -hmm. but he's not nearly as efficient. He's not as good of a defender as Rashawn Holmes. He's not strong enough to be as good of a rebounder as Rashawn Holmes. And right now, he kind of seems to be a one-trick pony, as you pointed out, where it's kind of like go left and not go up very strong to the rim. Yeah. Um, He's got some stuff to figure out. Uh, I, I mean... On one hand, I don't understand it because it's like, you've been playing basketball your whole life. Don't you understand some more fundamentals than this? But on the other hand, he's been playing basketball his whole life, and his whole life he's been way taller, way faster, way more athletic than everybody that he's been playing with. And so he hasn't really had to rely on fundamentals. He's just been able to rely on raw athleticism. 
and now he's in a league where everybody has that athleticism, and so he's you know could be a little bit behind the the curve, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully he continues to develop. But I just hope he doesn't turn into a bust. So I yeah. mean, we're not there yet, but um, you know, obviously his inability to stay on the court and his uh, little bit of underwhelming performance when he has been on the court has been concerning, to say the least. So. It has. Uh, Buddy started to heat up a little bit, though. Whew. So Buddy went through a four-game stretch recently against the Pacers, the Grizzlies, the Rockets, and the T-Wolves, where he shot 22.9% from the field. Man. Ice cold. Yeah. And then the following four games... Against the Suns, the Nuggets, the Clippers, and the Grizzlies, he shot 45% from the field. Mm -hmm. So we need Buddy to be making shots. Yeah. And those games that you mentioned he shot well, we were a lot more competitive. Well, except for the Clippers game, but they're just really good. We were a lot more competitive in those games than the the ones against the Grizzlies and the Rockets um, earlier in the month. So... Yeah, if Buddy's not, if Buddy's, if anyone on your team is shooting twenty shots a game at twenty two percent from the field, you're not going to win those games, right? Um, and, and so we need Buddy to be good. I'm sure if we looked at some analytical numbers at a, a closer glance, we would probably notice direct correlation between Buddy's field goal percentage in games where Deer and Fox is out there, because we've mentioned before that Fox's speed mm-hmm. just creates shots. For players and Buddy, while he does have the ability to create shots off the dribble, also forces things a lot when he has the ball in his hands too much and just kind of gets that tunnel vision where he's like, okay, I'm going to shoot no matter what. Yeah. Um, Where he's made up, he's predetermined that he's going to shoot on some possessions. You can just see it. And it either results in a missed shot or a turnover because he might decide to pass it last second, but it's the pass is an afterthought and he ends up <laughs> carelessly bouncing it out of bounds or something. Something. Yeah. If, if Buddy could clean that up, he, he could be really great consistently. Um, we see flashes of, it. we know it's inside of him. Um, just want to see it a little bit more often. Uh, Harry Giles has been seeing some playing time. Yeah. Next takeaway is Giles know. has been getting on the court a little bit. Yeah. Thanks to Deadman being a tool and wanting <laughs> out. But I mean, whatever. You know, uh, if I'd rather have Harry over Deadman right now. So is Deadman Willie Light? He could be. I mean, he, he's not, not playing very well and he wants to leave Sacramento. <laughs> so I mean, he could be on your, uh, your crap list. Uh, he's not quite there yet, but he's on his way. Uh, but Giles, though, um, in the last three games, he's averaging 15 minutes per game. Would be a little bit higher, but he only played 12 minutes against the Grizzlies because he somehow found a way to commit five fouls in 12 a, minutes. He's a foul machine. I yeah. feel like they just say, hey, you got about 15 minutes of run. Just go crazy, dude. That's and- the biggest downside of Harry Giles is he... He's very athletic, and he brings a lot of energy to the team, and he's a good passer for a big man. Yeah. But he fouls way too much. Yeah. And so, a lot of th- I think he could clean that up. A lot of it, I think he does know he has limited minutes, so you know, there's no reason you know, not to go all out. But um, you know, sometimes he just gets a little too excited, uh, trying to get the crowd into it, go for a steal, and, and maybe he could just you know, lay off next time. But yeah, he's, he's working on it. He's young. Yeah, and he's a good player. He reminds me a lot of uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. 
of the Grizzlies, yeah, who is another very talented player that fouls too much. So hopefully he can get that figured out. And yeah. when he is on the court, he's been good though. He these last three games, he's been averaging seven points on forty three percent shooting and eighty one percent from the line. Yeah, um, that's a big improvement for him. Yeah, three rebounds, two assists. I love his passing. He's a good passer. Yeah, um, and then over a steal per game, one point three steals. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see him get uh, get a few more minutes. So, uh, final takeaway is the Kings have um, been a little bit better lately from the line. In that Grizzlies win, mm-hmm. the Kings were nine of twelve uh, in their free throws down the stretch to seal that win. Th- those last few minutes felt like an entire quarter. Yeah, that it's, game, it's so weird when the game is only you know sixty seconds away from being over, but it takes a good fifteen twenty minutes to mm-hmm. actually end. But they they. Uh, um, they answered the the bell and, and passed a, a test there by making their free throws at the end when they, you know, the game turned into a that type of a free throw shooting contest. Yeah, and they need to get to the line more because um, I, I didn't know this. I don't know if you knew this, but the Kings actually uh, have shot thus far the, the least amount of free throws in the entire NBA. Wow. So... I guess I believe it. We also <laughs> just chuck up a bunch of threes and... And we don't get any calls ever, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, know. no, that that makes sense. I would believe that. So you, yeah. yeah, we we need to clearly get to the line more. So so to recap those um, those five takeaways that mm-hmm. that we had um, is pick up. We the Kings play better when they pick up the tempo. Yeah, uh, Rashawn Holmes has been very good this season. Mm. Buddy was cold, but now he's heating up. <laughs> Giles is finally getting playing time, and it's not a terrible thing. Right, and the Kings have actually gotten to the line and made some free throws in the last couple games. So, okay. Matt, let's parlay that into some New Year's resolutions to the Kings. Give me a few New Year's resolutions for the Kings for this coming season, based on those takeaways that we just talked about. Well, I would say maybe we could step up the tempo, mm-hmm. uh, get that going, um, keep Holmes on the court. Please don't take him off. He needs to be getting. 30, 35 minutes at least. Absolutely. Game. I agree. Um, keep him involved too. Uh, you know, sometimes we fall in love with the three ball a little bit too much. I think when he touches the ball and can set screens and, and roll, you know, get a dunk or two, it, it just the team just acts differently when that's happening. Right. Because he doesn't force bad shots. He either takes a good shot or he passes the ball and then sets a screen. Mm-hmm. So and that's going to keep him happy too. Um, everyone needs touches. Right. Um, I would like to see Fox handle the ball more. I mean, you mentioned this all the time that, uh, and, and along with Fox handling more, Buddy handling the ball less yeah. uh, would would be a goal for me. Um, and I know it's a goal for you, for you as well, and hopefully the team. Um, I mean, Fox is our decision maker. He's by far you know our best ball handler, and um, and he's fast. And I just yeah. think that that would just end up equating to better shots, better looks for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying Buddy needs to be only catch and shoot, but, I mean, he is he is good at that. But, yeah. like, just not forcing it up and letting Fox doing most of the ball handling because he's so fast that he forces, you know, the center to come over and help or something, and he mm-hmm. can just create looks for players. Or he's really good at creating his own shots and hitting those mid- to short-range jumpers or yeah. floaters. And you mentioned that we should get to the line more because we were the, you know, we had the least free throw attempts out of any team in the NBA. He's one of those guys that can get to the line because mm-hmm. of his speed. He, he's good at drawing contact. He needs to get a little bit better from the free throw line. I, I don't. His stroke, it seems really 
quick and flicky. Um, and, and I'm never confident that it's going in. He seems so streaky with it. You know, sometimes he's on and sometimes it's just not going in. Um, yeah, he was hitting them the other night against Memphis, but that's a good point because he needs to not only get to the line more and use his speed and his aggressiveness to get to the line more, but he needs to make them. Yeah. He, I, I would say as our point guard, we need him to shoot over 80%. Mm-hmm. Maybe Holmes can give him some pointers. <laughs> Something. Uh. <laughs> All right, what else you got? Give me a couple more uh, New Year's resolutions for the Kings. Keep playing Harry Giles. I like I like Giles. Get him in the rotation. The more he plays, the better he's going to get. I mean, it's hard to just come in, you know, have not played in a real game after two months. And, and even then, he's been good, so I can, it's only going to get better. Uh, he's a great passer. He works really well with Bogdanovich uh, mm-hmm. in the second unit. Bogey wasn't out there tonight, which could have, you know, probably played a big you know, role. Yeah, that could have helped us. But I love the energy that Giles brings as well. Yeah, um, yeah I'd like to see him play a little bit more too. I'm, I, we've kind of been saying that recently. Like, well, I mean, Yogi Ferrell's been getting time, and it's just yeah. like, which is fine, but it's like, why is Giles not just playing? Why what, not? what What see do what we not know? know? Yeah. I mean, I know we didn't pick, the team didn't pick up his option, but like, why is he not getting on the court? Yeah. So... And then the last one, uh, we, we kind of mentioned this, but get to the free throw line more. And, and make them. And make them when you get yeah. there. Yeah. I like it. So those are five good New Year's resolutions for the Kings. So uh, um, so now what we'd like to do is, Matt, we just wrapped up a decade. Mm-hmm. So a, a decade has come to an end. And we're going to look back at the previous 10 seasons before this one. So actually, the it's... It's not exact the last decade, but what it is, it's the 2009 slash 10 season mm-hmm. through 1819 because I wanted to go complete seasons because we're in the midst of the 1920, you know, 2019, you. 2020 season. So right. looking back at the last decade, the last 10 seasons, the Kings total record is 287 wins and 517 losses, which is good for a 35.7% winning percentage. Kings. That, that is very Kangs, yes. Oh. 35%. Um, 287 wins, 517 losses. The Kings have gone through six coaches in the last 10 seasons, and that's not including Luke Walton. Man. And zero winning seasons and zero playoff berths. Yeah, well, I could have guessed that one. Yeah. I wonder if there's anybody out there who's watched, like, every game. In the last decade. Oh, I'm sure. There's probably people who have attended most of the games. I'm sure there's always those loyal... And those people deserve some sort of medal for <laughs> for surviving that. I mean, that's that's rough. Um, but the Kings have had some good players. So Matt and I have put together uh, the Kings All-Decade Team from the last 10 years. This list is final. You cannot argue it. Yeah, the, this is not up for debate. Uh, <laughs> except for the fact that we found out afterwards that our list was very similar to NBA.com's King. They did a Kings All-Decade Team. Yeah. And uh, very similar to that. So, but we did ours not knowing that. So, so at point guard, we've got Tyreek Evans. He was a great player uh, for a few years for us, you know, and he at least had that at the horn, you know, that big moment. And, yeah, uh, he won Rookie of the Year. And now keep in mind, I mean, obviously De'Aaron Fox is probably the most talented player that we've had in that decade. We're trying but, to stay away from current team except for maybe one. Yeah, and he only um, played, you know, like a year in the, in the seasons that we have selected. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we're going Tyreek so, here. So we got Tyreek, then we've got Buddy at shooting guard, who has not been our favorite player uh, the last few weeks, but he is probably the most talented shooting guard to play on the Kings in the last 10 years, I would say. Yes. 
<laughs> so at small forward, uh, we've got Rudy Gay. Like I, I liked Rudy Gay. Yeah, like, he, he was a good player for the talented kid. player. Yeah, good good all around player. Now it's either him or Francisco Garcia. <laughs> right, <laughs> power forward is a little bit of a stretch, but it's the most consistent king, which is Jason Thompson. He's played more games than any other player. Any other I, Matt's laughing right now. the The fact that Jason Thompson is on our all decade team probably goes hand in hand with the fact that we had a thirty five point seven percent winning percentage and zero playoff berths. Not that nothing against Jason Thompson, but he probably has no. It was like, this funny place play. being on a. It was just funny putting this list together because we were just thinking what – like there has to be a power forward that was a little bit tenured and better than Jason Thompson. But there's there not. There isn't one. There's not. We just couldn't move on from JT. Yeah. And, you know, we got Bagley, but he's only been here for like a year. Yeah, and still a little bit unproven. So, um, And then at center, obviously, that's DeMarcus Cousins. So he was probably the most talented Boogie. Kings player, but also the biggest headache. Great player, um, um, yes, but but yeah. So yeah, Cousins was the center. Now honorable mention, we wanted to put Isaiah Thomas. That was the one difference that NBA.com had is they had Isaiah Thomas as the point guard and Tyreek as the honorable mention. Mm. That was the only difference there. I could see going Isaiah Thomas. He was a little bit one dimensional, like he was a great scorer, but didn't do a whole lot otherwise. Well, and he turned into a stud when he left Sacramento. Yeah, when he went to I Boston. Know. I mean, he was kind of you know he had we, flashes in Sacramento. We left him out of the starting lineup of the All Decade team out of spite that he waited till he left. Sac- Sacramento to become a star. So <laughs> he was the pizza guy, though. Yeah, that's true. So that counts for something. And we got Marcus Thornton as the other honor- honorable mention. Yes, the Bayou Bomber. He he was a good shooter. He could get hot. Yeah, we definitely yeah. won. And he know, didn't uh, bounce the ball off his foot all the time like Buddy. So. A couple of those two hundred eighty-seven victories were because uh, Marcus Thornton had a had had a big you know fourth quarter. So there is your Matt and Matt Sacramento Kings. 2010 through 19 all-decade team, Tyreek Evans, Buddy Heald, Rudy Gay, Jason Thompson, and DeMarcus Cousins with honorable mention to Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Thornton. Now, the It's Kings, sad that that team couldn't even beat a lot of teams today. Right, let's keep it positive here, Matt, except okay, for— I'm sorry. Except, well, I, I shouldn't say that because the Kings have made some questionable at best— first round and lottery picks over the last 10 years. So, Matt, give us the 2010 through 19 Kings all bust team. Okay, we're diving deeper here. Biggest bust. Let's hear it. At point guard, Jimmer for debt. Oh, Jimmer. Oh. Supposed to be uh, a godsend. I hear he's killing it in China right now, though. Great. Um, that's not Sacramento. Uh, <laughs> at guard, um, Nick Stauskas. Yeah, Just a, uh, crickets. Standout in uh, at Michigan, but uh, not in the national. Basketball he was the one that we probably, when we drafted him, hoped would be the shooting guard for the all-decade team, but that just didn't pan out. Yeah. Um, okay. At, at small forward, I, I we have Justin Jackson. We haven't drafted hardly any small forwards. Yeah. So it's not that he's um, terrible. He's just kind of. I, I like to call him Mister Meh. Yeah. Because you just kind of don't even notice when he's on the court a lot of times. Yeah. He was nervous, nervous purvis. Um, but he was a first-round pick and didn't really... Yeah, well, he was like the ACC Player of the Year in college, and then he uh, he didn't look like it in the pros. Uh, right. 
All right, bust of the century. Give give us the power forward, Matt. T-Rob, Thomas Robinson. Um, Fourth overall, right, I think? Yep. Out of Kansas. Had a big March Madness. I mean, I don't know if anyone, if any other team would have done differently, but we picked him, and he is he no was horrible in the league. Horrible. And then yeah. he went, I think he went and played in Portland for a couple of years and did nothing there. Yeah. And then just kind of faded away. Yeah. And then rounding out the lineup at center, uh, Big Papa G, Papa Giannis. Yeah. Um, I was, I'm still wondering why we picked him when we did it's like yeah you can pick him but we didn't need to pick him as early as we did because he wasn't projected by you know to go that early by any team we could have waited you know till the second round um yeah i don't know what the kings were thinking there yeah so give us a couple honorable mentions on the all bus team well ben mclemore oh Yeah, and then, uh, and then he made that big three against us a couple weeks ago too. At least we won that game. Oh uh, yeah, he's playing shot, pretty but, decent for Houston. He's hitting. But some you know, shots. Ben McLemore to me was the guy who got like forty minutes a night and would get like twelve points and like two rebounds and one assist. Like he just he had so many. He had to be the least efficient player ever. Like yeah. of uh, per minute on a per minute basis, he played so many minutes and had basically nothing to show for it aside from the occasional big game where he would get hot. Yeah. It seemed like he could, yeah. His stroke is nice from three, but it just doesn't go in. At least it didn't for us. And then uh, last honorable mention, how could we not? Willie. Willie Cauley-Stein. Boo. Yeah, another. (laughs) Supposed to be a. Top five uh, pick, lottery pick. Supposed to be a defensive stopper. He was supposed to replace Cousins and be our stud center. High energy guy. You know what's funny Um, is he's averaging like 1.6 blocks per game this season after like 0.4 per game last season. It's like, where were those blocks last season, Willie? And he's playing less minutes this season. Yeah. So I don't know. He was stuck in the mud in Sacramento. That's why he couldn't block shots. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So we just wanted to throw Willie in there just for for kicks. Can't have an episode without bashing Willie. No. E- either way, yeah, Willie's made it to our, it, even if he's just an honorable mention, he's on our King's Decade <laughs> All-Bus team. So there you have it, All-Bus team, Jimmer, Stauskas, Justin Jackson, Thomas Robinson, and Papa G with honorable mention to Willie Cauley-Stein and Ben McLemore. <laughs> so on that note, Matt, uh, I mean, anything else to, uh, to talk about the last decade? I mean, it, it was obviously a bummer that to get no... Playoff yeah. appearances in ten years. I mean, it's been what thirteen since we made the I playoffs. Mean, it That's was rough. rough. I probably saved some money by not going to Kings games because, as you know, I like to go to the games when we're good. I didn't go to too many games this last decade. Can't not really blame recently. you a whole lot. Yeah, not a not a whole lot to pay for there. But um, I think at least you know going through this list. Let's be thankful for what we have right now. We have more talent on this team this year than we've had in a long time. Is our current team better than the all-decade team that we just met? It's at least that's a conversation, um, right? I mean, I don't know, because Cousins was pretty good. But, like, I would say Fox is probably more talented than Tyreek, but he's still on the team. Yeah. Barnes is probably not quite what Rudy Gay was, but he's not bad. and He he can hold a candle to him, though. He's got and either be a, I would take either Bielitsa or Bagley over Jason Thompson, most likely. Yes, yes. Um, and then Holmes, I mean, he's not the scorer that Cousins was, but I love his efficiency, and he's not a headache. So, I right. mean, and then we've got Bogey on the bench, so. Yeah, we're, uh, I'll take this team over that team any day. There we go. Yeah. So the Kings right now are 
arguably better than the all-decade team. Yes. So um, hopefully we can get to the playoffs soon, though. It would, it would be nice. So. That would be sweet. So uh, before we talk about this coming week's games, let's uh, get into some news and notes. All right. Wait, what? News? All right, Matt, news and notes. So sadly, uh, former NBA commissioner David Stern has passed away at the age of 77 uh, from a brain hemorrhage. And uh, he was NBA commissioner for 30 years exactly before handing it off to Adam Silver. And Matt, he, he oversaw the league in a time that saw tremendous growth. And his vision, I think, was a big part of that. Yeah, the just the average salary of an NBA player when he started and what it is now is is a crazy difference. Um, international players coming over, he had a lot to do with that. Just the growth of the NBA, like he was a really good businessman. Yeah, Every, everyone respected him, and he he had a lot to do with Sacramento staying in Sacramento. He he always um, fought for the um, the small town uh, cities with teams. So yeah, so definitely sad to see to see him go. Yeah. So. Thoughts and prayers to his family. Uh, Vince Carter recently became the first player of all time in NBA history to play a game in four different decades. Wow. And we were kind of talking about this at lunch the other day. That it, For that to work out, you have to start at the end of a decade. His rookie year was the 98-99 season, the same as Jason Williams. Right. Uh, Vince Carter got drafted out of North Carolina that year. And um, so he's... He's been playing um, for quite a, quite a long time. So, but he played in uh, a piece of four different decades. That's pretty cool. That's half impressive. Ma- half man, half amazing. Maybe he should be on the Kings All Decade team. That's true. He was on the Kings. I forgot. Just for that. a yeah. sexier looking name, you know. Yeah. Put, put yeah. my power forward. Um, NBA icon Jerry West says that Mavs star Luka Doncic will be better than Dirk Nowitzki. Hot take from Jerry. Yeah, uh, but I mean, he knows what he's talking about, right? Uh, West says, I've been around a long time, and I've seen a lot of special players. A superstar is different, and that's what he, Luka Doncic, is. That's hard to argue with. I mean, Dirk did it. Dirk, you know, it's funny. We just mentioned the 98-99 season, which is when Vince Carter started. That was also Dirk Nowitzki's rookie year. Okay. Um, so he's so played. he almost made it then. Yeah. He was very close to doing the same thing that that Vince Carter did, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, obviously Dirk had a lot of longevity and and did a lot of amazing things and won a title and everything, but Luka is well on his way, and I I completely agree with Jerry West that he is a superstar. Um, Kyrie Irving is going to be rehabbing his right shoulder in the hopes of rejoining the Nets this season, uh, though he acknowledged that he may need surgery. So he's been... Um, choosing the route of cortisone shots, and he's been playing through pain. Mm-hmm. Um, he's hoping to return this season, um, but he's acknowledging that he could require surgery. Yeah. So that, that's always a tough situation to be in as a player, I'm sure. All right, and then last bit of news. The Washington Wizards guard Isaiah Thomas uh, has been fined $25,000 for making inappropriate contact with a, uh, a game official. He was ejected just a minute and 28 seconds into the game during the Wizards' recent 122-103 uh, loss to the Portland Trailblazers. You know, what's funny is uh, we just mentioned him on the uh, the All-Decade team, but he we mentioned him in the last news and notes because he had gone into the stands to confront a fan. Yeah, what's up, IT? Come on, Isaiah. What's, what's going on here? 
Eat some more pizza from Pizza Guys. <laughs> You'll feel better. So that's our news and notes. Let's talk briefly about the upcoming games for this next week. The Kings have three games this coming week, two home and an away. Mm-hmm. Um, this Monday, January 6th, they will be at home against uh, all-bus team member Willie Cauley-Stein and the Golden State Warriors, yeah. who, who are 9-28. and 28. Willie is making his return. Um, he might get booed. I don't know. We need to win that game. Golden State is we have a bad to win team. That. They have been playing better though. Did you see them on Christmas? Yeah, they beat the the Rockets. But I mean, sometimes it's easy to get up for those, you know, te- those nationally televised national spotlight games. games yeah, uh, but yeah. Let's beat the Warriors. Man, it would have been nice to have been you know going against them, trying to get a three game win streak. But we just couldn't squeak that one out tonight. I can't let that go. I'm sorry, but um. Kind of an interesting situation there, though, where we're playing at home on Monday and then it turns into a back-to-back on the road as we head to Phoenix on Tuesday the 7th to play against the 14-21 and 21 Phoenix Suns. Why do we seem like we play the Suns every week? I don't know. <laughs> as they inch ever so closer to the return of Aiton. Yeah. Yeah, the um, Suns are um, they're interesting. They can be good and they can be bad. I mean, their record isn't very good, but they, they've been way more competitive this year than they have been. So, And I don't like the odds of us going to Phoenix on a oh, back-to-back. On a back-to-back. So, and then Friday, we wrap up the week. Uh, we, no weekend game next weekend. Um, go Niners. Uh, but Friday, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll wrap up the week. Uh, uh, that's January 10th at home against the Bucks, who are 32-5. and five. <laughs> Joy. Um, yeah. Well, get your tickets, go see Giannis play. Uh, but you know what? Sometimes we play really good against the good teams. That's true. So if we can make that a game, we could steal one. So how Kangs would it be to lose to the Warriors and then beat the Bucks? That would be ultimate Kangs. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully we could beat the Warriors, though. So, so let's, let's set our um, projection here, Matt, or what, what we think the team's goal should be. Should we go with our, our usual and go 2-1 and one here? Well, of course, but um, realistically... One and two, right? I mean, I mean, I think beating the Warriors and the Suns is is doable. I know it's a back to back, and I know the Phoenix game is on the road, but I think we can do that. Yeah, it's very doable. So let's let's shoot for two and one is the goal. Um, you know what? No, three and zero. Oh. Three and oh, okay. So you just went from well, we're going to be one and two to we're going three and zero. Oh. Dang it! It starts here. It starts with us, Matt. We've got to start. We need to. We've got be, to start pulling away from this pack of like seven teams that's fighting for the eight seed, right? We need to have positive vibes. We need to get behind our team, and we need to. No, I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> you, you tried to do it. You couldn't even get being through that. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two no, and one. Yeah, two and one. All let's right. Let's do it somehow, some way. All right, go Kings. I mean, one and one. Let's look at it this way. We're one and one in the 2020 year on since the calendar has changed yep new year new new kings new decade new kings right yeah so uh that's all we have this time uh please continue to follow us on twitter at sack lunch podcast and then uh review and uh and comment and rate us on whatever podcast app you may be using the main ones that we are on is google Podcasts, spotify and apple Podcasts. so please continue to do that as well And once again, that's all we have this time. Until next time, I'm Matt. He is also Matt, and this is the Sack Lunch Podcast. Peace.